back with me once again. And you guys know her because she has been on this show multiple times because we just think the same and we love talking to each other is Sarah Banta. And today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into insulin resistance. So you've heard me talk about insulin resistance on the show before, but she's going to dive into things that maybe not so obvious causes. And we're going to bring her knowledge into this conversation. Things like fructose, copper deficiency, toxicity. We're going to get down into the weeds of all the different things that can cause insulin resistance outside of what you all know, your thyroid being off, right? We know that the thyroid is the master gland. It has a direct effect on your insulin signaling, or it could be that you're just eating a standard American diet and you're consuming so many carbohydrates that it is just causing your pancreas to push out insulin like crazy, can't get into the cell. You have insulin resistance, right? But now we're going to talk about the not so obvious causes that maybe aren't on the forefront of your mind when we talk about insulin resistance. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. So Sarah, thank you. My audience loves you. So thank you for coming on the show again. Thanks for having me, Amy. And my audience loves you. I think they love us together. I just think we, uh, we just work, right? We just, just, it's like, it's like vanilla and chocolate. Like I said, I was going to wear... My, my brownish black top, you got white on, it's just like vanilla and chocolate. They just go together or yeah. peanut butter and chocolate, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of insulin resistance, things right. that cause it, eating large amounts of Reese peanut butter cups. Right. But yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's get into, first of all, how did you deep dive into all these different causes? Do you see a lot of your clients with IR? Well, yes. First of all, insulin resistance is everywhere. And me, for instance, you know, trying to get pregnant. This was way back when, when I first got married, then discovered I had PCOS, but I was the healthy picky eater out of the family. I was on the no fat diet and doing all the right things, right? Had PCOS, did Clomid, got pregnant. No one told me it was insulin resistance, right? So fast forward to today where I feel like 90% of people have insulin resistance, prediabetes, or type 2 diabetes. And my parents' generation, you know, I, I come from two parents that have never had a weight issue. So if you don't have a weight issue, why do you care what you're eating, right? You can eat all the sugar in the world. Well, it was fine for a while, but now it's turning into insulin resistance. So what has changed? 
What has changed is the processed foods. Insulin resistance didn't exist in children before 1980. Neither did fatty liver. Fatty liver was for alcoholics only. And now fatty liver is in our children. Are you kidding me? It's, it's non-alcoholic fatty liver, and they're not doing anything that is not put upon them, right? Children only eat what they're taught or what they're given. So what has changed? The quality of our food, these processed foods. And back to me, I was living on fruit and frozen yogurt because frozen yogurt is healthier than ice cream and there's no fat in it. Right. Right. I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. No one's talking about the fact that it's pumped with all this fake stuff in there. And then I was eating a ton of bagels because bagels was a big thing back then. And there's no fat in bagels. So you can eat as much as you want. And I was an athlete. So carbs, 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 I got to get my carbs in and I'm just going to burn them up when I go work out. So fast forward, I had insulin resistance and I still have to be careful. Like if I eat the wrong foods, my blood sugar spikes. But the good news is that I normally eat well enough to then bring that spike down. So really let's, let's start with the processed foods. Yeah. You've got them filled with fructose and we're not talking about the fructose and sugar. We're talking about high fructose corn syrup. We've got the seed oils. We've got the GMO grains. We've got the artificial sweeteners and there's zero fiber left in it. So they've pumped it with all this fake stuff and they've taken out the little bit of good stuff and just fructose on its own metabolizes in the liver, different from glucose. It converts directly into liver fat. It is not being utilized effectively for energy. And I tell my girls this because they're rowers. They need energy for athletics, right? And my daughters will say, well, mom, coach says we need to have applesauce before our ergs to get the energy. Well, the applesauce has taken out the fiber of the apple and fructose on its own lowers ATP. ATP is your energy in the cell's mitochondria. And I said, girls, this applesauce is actually lowering your energy, not increasing it. So it's backfiring. That's away from the fact that it's causing insulin resistance. So then all of these components lead to insulin resistance. They elevate the blood triglycerides, hypertension, high uric acid levels, and we'll get to uric acid in a minute. Then you take out the fiber. Well, the fiber is nature's way of slowing down the rise in blood sugar when it's paired with carbs and natural sugar. So you eat an apple, it's got the fiber, and it slows down that spike to just more of a molehill. You have applesauce, and you get a bigger spike. You have apple juice. It's literally like putting cocaine in your veins. And I've told my kids that ever since they were little, you know, those juice boxes, the Capri Suns, all of those drinks are literally worse than drugs because drugs have one addictive pathway to the brain. Sugar has three. So there's this amazing need and dopamine release when you're eating sugar and fructose even more. So that in that processed foods, that increases the spike, which then increases the onset of insulin resistance. And then you've got 
the added fructose and sugar, which spikes the blood and the insulin, even at a higher rate. Okay, so then you've got the seed oils. Well, seed oils are fat. They're not sugar, right? Well, these oils put the body in, into a pro-inflammatory state, worsening insulin resistance and all other metabolic diseases. Yeah. And sugar stays in your body for a day, right? In and out. And these seed oils stay in your body for over a year. So even when you're going to the restaurant and getting the salad with the wild salmon dinner and you've got the vinaigrette dressing, well, that olive oil is probably cut with canola oil yep. and you're still getting in some inflammatory oils. So you have to be careful. Yep. Then you add in the artificial sweeteners. And I was addicted to Stevia. I was also addicted to Splenda. Oh my yep. God, that oh, yeah. wrecked, wrecked my gut, but it was okay because there was no calories in it. You know, it's totally fine. But what happens is they increase your cravings for more sugar and carbs. Mm -hmm. Then you end up eating more sugar that cause the insulin resistance. Yep. And then what else they do, they actually signal cravings for more sweets and more processed foods. You increase your caloric intake. Mm -hmm. And then these ingredients, especially that Splenda, cause leaky gut, may back up the liver, hinder the fat and protein metabolism, contribute yep. to the fatty liver. Now, fatty liver is insulin resistance at the liver, okay? So, or diabetes at the liver. Mm -hmm. You've got PCOS is insulin resistance at the ovaries and heart disease is insulin resistance at the heart. So, all of these diseases are manifesting in different parts of your body, but it's all stemming from that insulin resistance. Then with these processed foods, they're hyper palatable. Mm -hmm. So in nature, you don't ever have fat and carbs coming together unless it's in nuts or dairy. And dairy is meant to fatten up baby cows. Oh, right? I never thought of it that way. In nature, you never have carbs and fat coming together unless it's in nuts and dairy. Wow, and I never even yeah. thought about that. And nuts are a ketogenic health food, right? Well, if anyone's trying to get off their weight loss plateau, kick the nuts in the dairy. That's yeah. it, you know, that's it. Now, nuts are animals eat those nuts to store for for the famine that they're going to go through during wintertime. So the processed foods combine these extreme sweet tastes with salt and fat. So you've got these three tastes that are just like a huge party in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is the salt and the, and the sugar signaling to the brain can, the wires can get crossed. And I go into this in my addiction. I have an article on addiction on my website where a lot of times you're craving, your body's depleted in salt and it needs more salt, but you eat those sugary foods and those wires get crossed. So then you think you're actually craving sugar instead of the salt, but you're needing those electrolytes from the salt. And then all these taste bud parties essentially lead to uncontrollable cravings. And then you add in the emulsifiers in these processed foods 
that kill the neurons, the mucosal lining of the gut, causing the sensory neurons to retract in the gut that measure the incoming nutrients. So say you have that donut in the morning with the orange juice, but then you go, okay, I've been really bad. I'm going to have a really clean lunch and dinner and the next day and all of that. Well, that one meal caused the sensory neurons to retract so that when you are eating the healthy food, your brain is not registering the good food you're taking in saying, oh, I've had enough to eat. I'm good. There's a hormone called CCK that never gets triggered. And that CCK is what suppresses appetite. And it's triggered by amino acids from protein. That's why we always say prioritize protein mm -hmm. and omega-3 fatty acids. So then you end up wanting to eat more of the sugar and that's going to increase the insulin resistance. That's why literally you could be sitting next to your friend who is having a processed food or, or standard American diet meal and you're having a wild animal protein with a salad or some veggies or whatever, and you're full. And they're just eating, eating, eating after the bread basket, after the nachos or whatever, and they don't stop. And you sit there going, I don't understand this. But then they're looking at you going, how is she not hungry? You know, right. it's so it's so funny and how powerful the brain is. And then these foods are filled with the glutens and the grains. They not only cause leaky gut, usually laden with the glyphosate and the GMOs, which, which further destroy the gut microbiome, increase estrogen dominance, steal the nutrients from the body. So those foods are not just like the zero-sum game where they're not giving you nutrients. They're actually stealing nutrients from your body, from the healthy foods that you are eating. And then the dopamine. And this is where the addiction part comes in. There's three separate and parallel pathways where sugar triggers the dopamine release and reinforces the seeking of sugar. And like I mentioned, cocaine, alcohol, all of those have one pathway. So pathway one is the taste of sweet. And this leads to a huge release of dopamine. And I want you all to think about the last time you had dessert, like a piece of chocolate cake or a brownie. As you're eating it, and you're getting to the last two bites, your dopamine starts to go down. You're not even enjoying those last two bites. You're thinking about, I want more. Yeah. So instead of feeling satisfied after eating it, you actually want more, which if you think, okay, I just ate food. Why am I more hungry after I ate than before I even started, mm -hmm. right? So that's what is going on there. Okay, pathway two post-ingestive dopamine. And this occurs in the gut where the body's registering food that, that increases glucose. And this is kind of a survival thing. And it occurs about 15 minutes after eating and it tells your brain to want to eat more. And so what these processed foods have done, they've put hidden sugars that don't even taste sweet and they trigger the dopamine from the gut. So you don't even know it. Maltodextrone is a hidden sugar that raises your blood sugar higher than sugar itself. And it doesn't taste sweet. It's used in processed crackers or chips that don't even taste sweet. So these food companies are not stupid. No, They are using your playing on you. And then the last one is just the rise in blood 
glucose. So any food that increases blood glucose is going to increase a craving as a survival mechanism to store more energy for a famine or an issue. So that's the fructose. And, you know, then you can go, I'll stop here, but you can get into the radiation and the toxicity and the other factors too. Oh my gosh. So even just what you said right there before we move on, that's incredible. I actually had no idea that there were three pathways to that sugar addiction. I knew that when they did MRIs of the brain, that the same area of the brain that lights up with cocaine and with a cocaine addiction is the same area that lights up with sugar. So it's affecting that particular part of the brain. I'm not a neuroscientist, so I don't know, but it affects that same part of the brain. And when you start talking to people and you really start talking about a sugar addiction, the ones that know they have it, they will admit it. They will be like a hundred percent. I am a sugar addict. And they know that rush. They know that sensation of wanting more after they've already had a pretty large meal containing sugar, a really decent sized dessert that should satisfy you. That should be the, the icing on the cake. No pun intended. That should be it. That should, that should cap your meal. And yet you're still hungry. And I think many of us can resonate with that because I just experienced it last week. Yeah. I treated myself to dessert and I could see on my CGM that my blood sugar went over 200. And wouldn't you know, when I got back home, I wanted more. I wanted something else. I wanted more. And I was full physically. I was kind of, you know, that heavy weighted down, like, oh yeah, I ate too much feeling, but yet my brain wanted more. So I think you just nailed it, Sarah. Oh, well, Amy, last week I had to drop off my daughter who's a freshman in college and it was like destroying me emotionally, right? So I come home and I actually wasn't very hungry. So I had a very small dinner and then I started feeding my emotions and little did I know the can of coconut whipped cream was gone. And I'm sitting there going, God, how did that happen? But And and I give myself grace because it's not a big deal and I now catch it or whatever, but It's amazing what the brain does because I wasn't really hungry, but as soon as I tasted it, it also was numbing my, my sadness over missing my daughter, but also just the taste was like, whoo, drug. And this is the hard part is cocaine, heroin, even pot is not acceptable in social um, situations. Alcohol is. But food is something we have to eat on a daily basis. And most people are addicted to the standard American diet. So it's super acceptable Mm -hmm. and no one's calling anyone out on it because everyone else is doing it. And it's not, a lot of people don't even understand how it's working. And that's why my parents' generation, they were eating whole grains, whole foods that yes, they were loaded with carbs and no one was thinking about low carb diets or high protein diets or anything, but it was whole food. So they wouldn't overeat because this food was filled with the fiber and they were having the baked potato with the butter and the sour cream, but it was a full whole food. It wasn't potato chips. So that's just something to think about And it's really interesting. Everyone went to the keto diet and now that's kind of like retracting a little bit because what it really is, is we just need to eat real food. 
real food. That's, that's and the scary part, 67% of the food the kids are putting in their mouth is processed foods. They are not eating real food. 62% of what adults are eating is processed foods. So that's something to really sit with and take a look at what's in your pantry and your refrigerator and stay on the outside of the aisles of the market and do all of the things that people have been talking about for years and years. And I don't care if you're a vegan, vegetarian, or a carnivore, I think any health coach would agree you need to stick to whole food. Absolutely. But yeah, the, the real food diet isn't sexy, right? Because you right. can't make a food and put the word keto on it for increased sales, right? You can't right. put carnivore snacks on. Well, I love carnivore snacks, but you can't put <laughs> carnivore on it and, and increase sales. So, and what's interesting is I say this a lot when I'm talking about wearing a CGM. I had my biggest blood sugar spike outside of conscious, like I just shared. I Yes, I ate a dessert or I had my favorite wings that are, I, I, I know it's sugary sauce, right? I know that. The biggest spike I had was with keto cereal and it's labeled as that. It's, it's labeled keto cereal. And I went to 180, close to 200 with that. So- Again, it's it's what is in that package processed food. And if we can just get back to the non-sexy real food diet, we would all be better off. So those are the 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 big causes of insulin resistance. Now you had mentioned PUFAs. I don't want to stay too long on there because I, I actually do have a guest coming on to record this week that's going to deep dive into PUFAs. But can you mention that? Because I think... That's a hidden one. That's one where you will have these ladies, I'm calling out the ladies, you'll have these ladies saying, but I'm eating perfectly and my carbohydrates are under 60, my protein's at 120 and my calories are at 1800 and I'm not losing weight. Maybe it's these PUFA oils that that's enough that could be trapping your body in this weight loss resistance mode, right? Right. So these oils include canola oil, corn oil, soybean oil, rice bran oil, safflower oil, sunflower oil, grapeseed oil, and peanut oil. And they put the body in a pro-inflammatory state and disease is stemming from inflammation. So anywhere in your body, there's inflammation, disease will happen. And you have to think about the body. Okay. So I have inflammation in my body. I might go do that survival switch as Dr. Richard Johnson calls it, where the body goes into survival mode. Well, what happens when you're in survival mode? T4 turns into reverse T3. We slow down the metabolism. We store fat. Why are we storing fat? Because we need to get all these toxins out of the blood and put encapsulate them in our fat cells. We make our fat cells bigger and we make more fat cells. And these inflammatory oils are going to cause metabolic diseases, lower ATP, cause insulin resistance at the cellular level. You know, you've got insulin resistance at the organ level, at the cells level, and, and all of these different levels where that inflammation is just going to worsen all metabolic disease, lower the ATP, cause the liver to get more fatty. Then what happens? You can't detox your toxins. You can't change your T4 to T3. 
the liver's everything, guys. So, and the fatty liver comes from these processed foods, comes from toxins, comes from radiation that we'll we'll get into. But then these seed oils just make that fatty liver even worse. Yeah. Okay. So. Good. I'm glad you mentioned that because I know that those are hidden, like you mentioned, in so many, even when you go out to eat and you get a grilled chicken breast and you get the salad with the olive oil, just like Sarah said, it can be hidden. And you might think, and when you're tracking your macros, you're looking at the numbers, but you're not looking at what is in that particular food that you're eating and how it's affecting your body internally. And like you mentioned earlier, the stevia and the and the, the Splenda. Splenda. I mean, I, I cringe when I think about this, but I was just telling someone this story the other day back when I was competing and again, we're talking the early 2000s, so no judgment here. Back when I was competing, when you could buy the boxes of Splenda or the boxes of Equal at Sam's Club at 100 count or 200 count, I was so deprived of the sweet things because we couldn't have sugar, real sugar, on this perfect bodybuilding diet. I would open packets of Equal and dump them in my mouth to get the sweet taste. Now, I wonder why I have more muscle now. I'm more con in control of my weight now. I'm more defined even now than I was in my 20s because I was inflaming my body. I never stepped on stage and was ripped or tight like I should have been. I was good, but I wasn't as good as I could have been. And now looking back, I was inflaming my body left and right. And that's not even counting the diet pop that I would eat, soda pop, whatever you guys call it, depending on where you are in this world and country, the diet Pepsi that I would drink two a day because, ooh, it tasted so good. And it's that artificial sweetness, but it's zero. It's zero calories, it's zero carbs, but I was totally inflaming my body. Oh, well, do you, here I go. I would buy the Splenda <laughs> bag, the bag. Yep. Biggest bag that you could get at the at the supermarket. Yep. And I could go through it within a week. Yes. Easy. And I wondered why I was so hungry and why my stomach was bloated. Well, it completely destroys your gut. Of yeah. course it does. And the equal, I, you know, I bet Amy, if you tried to put that equal on your tongue now, you would spit it out because oh. it doesn't taste like anything. And, but the thing is too, then I switched to stevia. Well, stevia is natural. It's from a plant. It's not, it's okay. Right. Well, what was happening to me is of course I just swapped my addiction and I was still retaining a ton of water. Now, Naturally, my composition or constitution in Chinese medicine is kapha or Ayurvedic is kapha, which is water retaining and, and, and that's just something that my body does. But it was excessive and I couldn't figure it out. And I was told, stop the stevia. I go, okay, I'll stop it for a moment. Literally within 12 hours, my body let go of all the water. 12 hours. Oh my God. It was like, okay, well, you feed me cardboard and I, and if I can feel this good, I'm fine because it wasn't worth it. And so even stevia and monk fruit that are totally supposed to be healthy and fine can back up your liver. Mm -hmm. So your liver, your liver is this awesome filter, right? And 
20 years ago, it was not being bombarded by the radiation and the toxins, and we can get into that now. And it was not being bombarded by the glyphosate or the GMOs and these other fake sugars or the um, spike protein. So you've got all of these things that are building up. And then what's the tip of the iceberg that is saying to the liver, the liver saying, I quit, I'm done. I can't get anything through. And this is why you gotta do your liver flushes at least four times a year. I'm getting ready for another one this week. They make me feel so good. They throw up my thyroid literally the next day is like, boom, and I feel so much better because your, your liver is like, okay, now I can get through anything that you give me. So that that stevia was one more thing on top of all of the other things that we're being bombarded with. I am careful with radiation. I'm sitting on a big computer right now and I've got my cell phone to my left yep. and it, you know we can't get away from it, right? So we're going to be facing things when, where we have to take care of the radiation internally and you know, put the little stickers on our phones and all of that stuff and do maybe some treatments with machines like I've got the amp coil or the biocharger that are frequency-based and they hate some of these negative EMFs. But radiation coming from non-ionizing and ionizing radiation increases insulin resistance on its own without taking a morsel of chocolate in your mouth. In addition to attacking the nervous and nervous system, the endocrine system, all of the hormones, increases estrogens, kills your testosterone, produces oxidative stress, yep. free radical damage, attacks the DNA, and leads to early onset dementia. So when the body's under this threat from the toxins and radiation, it has the propensity to flip that switch to survival mode, lowers metabolic rate increases insulin resistance in order to store more fat for emergency energy, yep. stores the toxins and radiation in new and bigger fat cells for protection, and lowers ATP. So all of these things are going to cause that unexplained weight gain, cause you to have that insulin resistance. And all you're doing is using your smartphone. You have a, you know, the 5G towers, your smart meter on your house, EMFs and all of that stuff. And then you add in the toxins from the GMOs, the glyphosate, the lead, mercury, other heavy metals in our dental fillings, the vaccinations, the water, the fluoride, chloride, bromide or chlorine, bromide in our food and our water all these toxins that our ancestors did not contend with, yep. they back up the liver, they contribute to that hormonal disruption, causing the estrogen dominance, increasing the body's ability and propensity to create new fat cells to encapsulate those toxins. And then that worsens the insulin resistance and causes weight gain. And then we add in this new threat over the last three years, the spike protein. So the spike protein is what causes COVID-19. Right. So, okay. What it does is it's causing insulin resistance through, there's this ACE2 receptor. I think we, we talked about this, which is responsible for insulin regulation in addition to hormonal balance, oxidative stress, water retention, and inflammation. So what you were eating three years ago, and say you're eating the same thing today, you might have a higher insulin response 
to that food, you might have more water retention, more inflammation, and you're doing nothing different. And what's wrong is this ACE2 receptor is has been disrupted and you're getting an over-exaggerated insulin response to the same piece of food, but insulin is a fat storing hormone. Mm -hmm. So it's causing your body to store fat. It is also causing an increase in cholesterol, an increase in gut issues, increase in mental illness. So for those people, yes, we all are under fear and chronic stress and there's more mental illness because of all of the political stuff going on. Yes, 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 yes. However, just from the spike protein, there's an increase in mental illness. So away from the social media, away from the fear, away from all of these extra stressors, that spike protein is causing more mental illness. So all of these things are going to increase insulin resistance. Spike protein. I want to know, because I've been saying this for a while, that there's this, and this might be the answer, that there's this weight loss resistance going on. And it's been, yes, since COVID came out. And then of course, since the vaccines came out for it. And many of my patients who got the vaccine, maybe got boosted as well, but even just the first or second one, we're seeing this very strange weight loss resistance where, like I said earlier, numbers look good. And I mean, even the insulin numbers. So normally when I'm checking for insulin resistance, I look at a fasting insulin. I'll look at a hemoglobin A1C. Yes, I'll look at glucose, but we know glucose can lie. It can go up with stress or whatever. So let's look at the, the tried and true markers, the fasting insulin, the A1C. Those might even look optimal, I'll say. But you're saying that this could be having an effect almost at the cell level or at the mitochondrial level or systemic inflammation that is putting someone in this state of insulin resistance where their body is storing fat, storing fat, storing fat. Will we always see it on the numbers or we might not see it on the numbers? And it's and it's coming from the spike protein increasing the body's inflammation and thus insulin resistance. Good question on the numbers. All I know is that it is increasing aldosterone. It's increasing the stress hormone. So what happens when your body's stressed? It's storing fat. You're being, you're under threat. The other thing that I, you know, I talk to my kids a lot about is you want to make sure your immune system is strong. That's why the accelerated silver is so, it's a, it's a must, 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 because if you are fighting this over here, then your body is susceptible over to something over here. But what happens when your immune system is under attack and you're fighting something? What's it going to do? In survival mode, slow down the metabolism. Do T4 goes into reverse T3. You retain the water. You cause the inflammation because inflammation is a good thing. I mean, in an acute situation, it helps you. That's why it's there. And, and then your body is also having that propensity to store fat and get rid of these extra inflammatory toxins out of the blood. So it's like this domino effect. And I I mean, just from traveling, when I know that I'm around someone on the plane with COVID or or whatever, I retain a ton of water because that fluid is supposed to help protect your cells or protect you from the threat. So 
it's this domino effect. And then you add in the additional toxins, the copper depletion, the, the fructose, the radiation, all of these things that are not necessarily that chocolate cake, yeah. right? So then you've got the copper depletion. So due to the, the fructose depletes copper on its own, okay? Mm -hmm. But then the spike protein depletes copper in most people. And the metabolism of fructose causes that massive co a copper depletion. Spike protein also depletes copper, but then you had people really taking a ton of zinc. Well, yeah. zinc and copper compete with each other. Yes, we all need zinc, but we need a combination. So copper is needed to decrease uric acid, which okay. is an integral part of preventing insulin resistance. So this is really interesting is that if you helped decrease uric acid, people would lose their insulin resistance. If you lower your uric acid, actually be able to prevent insulin resistance eating the same foods. Now, copper is needed to decrease uric acid, mm -hmm. but copper's been depleted over the last three years. Copper blocks the polyol pathway. This pathway allows the conversion from glucose into sorbitol and fructose. Without copper, the uric acid increases and leads to insulin resistance and obesity and fatty liver. Copper also helps keep triglycerides and liver fat in check. And that liver fat, like I mentioned, contributes to insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. And copper helps regulate iron in the blood, which is the root cause of oxidative stress. And with less oxidative stress, there's less uric acid and less insulin resistance. So copper, copper, copper is needed. I'm calling it the hidden hero for fat loss because there's a lot of people that are, they're depleted in copper. And what's so funny, Amy, is my dad is totally Western, like doesn't listen to me, yeah. right? So after, and he's been boosted, he did it all. He goes, yeah, I think I need some of your copper. My doctor says I need copper. Well, these doctors are now, prescribing copper, which is crazy, oh right? So they're even seeing a change. So that is another factor. So you've got them like stealing the, the things out from you that you need and pumping you with the things you don't need. And it's this huge firestorm. Well, you and I have both interviewed Morley Robbins. I haven't released his interview yet. So you're just now touching on and and getting people's interest in this copper deficiency model. But that's what we talked about on his interview was that insulin resistance component to copper deficiency. And I've been shuttling people a lot to your website to grab the accelerated copper because what I'm seeing is sometimes people, and maybe you can speak a little more on this with the iron component that you know, a lot of times people will be anemic. We'll see that low ferritin. And there's, there's no question if you're low ferritin, we know that that has overlying symptoms very similar to hypothyroidism, including weight gain. But outside of that ferritin component, we tend to look at, like you said, iron, and we're saying, oh my gosh, you need more iron because your total iron is low. And what you're saying is people will put in the iron or they'll, you know, increase zinc or whatever it is, but it's really the copper that unlocks the body's potential to decrease insulin resistance, improve insulin sensitivity, and then lose weight. Am I saying that right? 
Yeah, so okay. co copper is the key to unlock the door to get the iron that's already in your body to go where it needs to go. Right. So Morley can answer this better, but as far as a, the blood test is not telling the whole, whole story. I'll give a, an example of salt with my son. Someone put him on a low salt diet because his levels looked high, right? Well, then he was starting to have his heart actually stop and would need to pound on his heart to get it going again. And he, what he needed was more potassium and more salt. Yep. But what was interesting though, when we tested him before and after, uh, when he was on a normal salt diet, and then literally took all the salt out of his diet, which I should be in jail as far as a parent abuse or child abuse, because that was the wrong thing to do. But what was interesting is his blood showed the same amount of salt. Why? Because the body's smart and it's going to hold on to what it needs. The testing doesn't show the whole picture. So that copper and, and I was anemic. My daughter was anemic mm -hmm. and it wasn't the iron. We've been right. on iron supplements all of our lives. They've never made a difference until I met Morley and came a aha moment with the copper. Yeah. And the copper is that key. Now, for all of your listeners, we've talked about hair loss. Copper's needed for hair and eyes and skin and the, you know, the elasticity. I take my accelerated copper and I spray it in my skin and and um, use it kind of as a as a, a toner because it's so good for the skin and the eyes. When my eyes go blurry, I'll spray it in my eyes because it literally tastes like water, looks like water, and it's energized with frequencies. So it will reduce the inflammation in my eyes so that I can see. So though I know we're almost out of time and I wanted to just touch on the the, the two other things that are imperative or three mm -hmm. for insulin resistance and reversing. And the accelerated keto is a supplement that puts you into ketosis in, within 30 minutes. And why this is so important is it also helps turn that saturated liver fat into unsaturated fat which is easier for the body to burn and reduces insulin resistance and uric acid at the liver level. It suppresses the cravings and sugar, you know, for sugar, fructose and the processed food. So you can get off the drug. So you can actually make some life changes and it reduces the oxidative stress and inflammation throughout the body. And it increases ATP in the mitochondria by at least 10 times. They've shown in children that were sedentary when they were insulin resistance and they reversed their insulin resistance, those kids got off the couch and started moving because they had more ATP and more energy. They yep. weren't telling them to move more. So that was really interesting. And that's where the accelerated keto can come in and go, okay, I now can do this. And then the accelerated iodine, which you know, yep. Iodine on its own can actually bring down your blood sugar. So it helps people in a crisis, that a diabetic crisis, that it can actually start reversing that. And your audience knows all about the accelerated iodine, but uric acid buildup in that is partly due to the liver becoming overwhelmed and Acceleridine helps cleanse the liver and the blood. And this is away from feeding the thyroid. It helps alleviate the liver backup that's caused by uric acid. And then berberine, which I know you um, carry your berberine, 
that's the ozempic nature's ozempic right and that's what we're talking about and you can't get ozempic anymore so you might as well be doing the berberine absolutely Wow. You went over so much. This was epic. This was an epic podcast. These are things that people do not know about insulin resistance. I guarantee you. So Sarah, I know you have to run, but my goodness, thank you. Thank you so much for your knowledge today and your information, because this could be a game changer for people. Game changer. So those of you who do not know Sarah, she has an amazing website. We're going to put it in the show notes. Everything that she talked about is available on her website from the liver detox to the accelerated copper, the acelerdine. I carry that on my store. She has it on her store. So we're going to put that in the show notes as well. So Sarah, thank you so much for today. I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you, Amy. So fun.